Yo, what's going on everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drink a Beer and Play a Game, and welcome to another Power Hour. We're uh, happy to be back. Took another week and a half off, I'd say. Trying to wrap up these WWF games. Fuck. But thank you guys for all the comments. We love it. But anyway, we're going to get started right off the bat uh, tonight. We're leading this Power Hour into another one of those drinking game Power Hours, and so we're... Going from Jim's interesting collection. So, what do we have tonight, Jim? Well, Brad, we have a delectable combination of both Bud Light Lime and Coors Light. Yeah. So, that's what we're going to have during this podcast. Not much we need to say about Bud Light Lime. No. Yeah. It's, it, it's limey. It's uh, artificial lime and Bud Light. That's it. Yeah, that's about it. It's a summer beer. It's fine. Wait, is there anything to read? Is there anything to read? Ooh. Yes, ha, ha, ha. this is the fake. <laughs> God, I, I won't steal what little you have. <laughs> it's going to be one of those shows. <laughs> this is the famous Bud Light Lime, something we know of, no flavored beer produced by any other brewer, which is brewed and aged to be more refreshing. I'm sure it's aged. Our process produces a light-bodied lager with natural lime flavor. Fresh taste and smooth drinkability. It is a premium light beer with natural lime flavoring. Natural, Bry. Natural. I'm sure it is, yeah. What's the ABV? Uh, 4.2. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. It's one of our weaker ones we've had. But everybody knows this beer, so. Going for quantity today. Yeah, it's fine if you're cheap and you don't want to spend a bunch of money on beer and you want to drink a whole bunch of it. It's fine. Yeah. It's a nice summer beer, so. All right, so kicking us off, we're going to go right into beer topics. And the one I was just telling Jim a little bit about before we got started, um, very interesting article by MarketWatch.com, and it was titled, What Craft Beer Can Learn from Miller Lite? So, right, I mean, could you say shots fired, Jim? Shots fired. <laughs> so this space- Brian, I can't learn anything to do with this corporate trash. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so essentially, to break it down for you, obviously, article will be in the link below. Um, these guy, this company took the ten most popular macro light loggers. So you got Miller Lite, Bud Light, Hams, Michelob, like just everything you can think of. What's Hams? It's apparently another one under Anheuser Busch, I believe, and it's uh, just random light beer. I, I'm gonna completely screw this up. But I'm gonna say in the Midwest. Yeah. Okay. So, Bud, Bud Light. So, it was a blind taste test for these 10, and they took three craft beer brewers. I can't remember which breweries they represented, but these guys were legit, you know, hardcore craft beer. And every test pretty much came out the same. It's like, yeah, we can smell the corn, the sweetness, yada, yada, yada. But they were all kind of surprised that, uh, okay, this actually tastes kind of good. The biggest complaint was that some of the beers were a little too sweet. Which, obviously, we've said, if you're a craft beer snob, you're used to hops. You're used to bitterness. So as soon as you taste something like a lager, it's going to be more malty, more sweet. Um, it turned out that Miller Lite scored to, uh, the second highest on there. So the article basically surmises that it might make more sense for craft breweries to start stop doing just IPAs and, and more of the bitter stuff and go over to lagers. We know it's a completely different brewing process, but it will open up a wider audience for these guys and let them do some of their 
innovation with light lagers because sometimes during the summer you don't want to drink a double ipa or you don't want to drink a porter you want to drink something that goes down easy so a light lager uh a czech pilsner things like that that you don't really see a ton of now that's not the golden rule but that's kind of what the guy was driving at i thought that was kind of interesting because jim and i when we started the site the whole point was are these beers really as bad as they say they are are the ones that are the greatest really as good as they say they are and you know we've always been honest in our reviews for them so yeah i mean besides the fact that yes i am cheap i don't just drink as much keystone light as i do because purely for that or for pounding purposes but i mean sometimes it is really nice on a hot day to just crack open a crappy macro pilsner and go to town on it or yingling light or something like that like they're smooth they're refreshing and i still say maybe this is going to change but when i was a kid when you thought beer taste and what a beer smelled like and looked like this these were your options so there's still gonna be that thing in the back of our head at least that this is a beer and all the craft stuffs you know it's fancy pants shit <laughs> so i mean i don't get us wrong you know at this point how much we love our craft stuff and especially him with his stouts and his quarters and everything. <laughs> I like the Hefeweizens and shit like that. So the fruitier stuff. Because I'm a little princess. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, if you are if you appreciate good shit, that doesn't diminish the fact you can still like a Bud Light or a Miller Light and still really appreciate and understand, okay, a Weyerbacher is going to be much better. It's a better process, yada, yada, yada. But... The, the thing I always find interesting is, to Jim's point, when you think beer taste, that light lager is the number one what you think of. So when you do get something overtly hoppy, Jim and I hated IPAs at first. Yep. Way too bitter. And I don't care who you are. Bitterness does not equate a good beer. Uh, or to flavor. Yeah. Like, a lot of times people are like... Oh, this beer is a little has too many spices, so it's not a legit beer. It needs it more IBUs. That's some stupid shit. That's the same type of people we always said that if a game isn't NES hard, then it's not a legit game. <laughs> so that's gonna be some foreshadowing for our Capcom month, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So at the end of the day, you gotta drink what you like, and if all you like is light lagers, fine. But I've also been on the flip side where now that I've tried enough beer, when I try and take uh, more crazier craft beers to some of my friends who are only used to light lagers are like what is this shit like this this is too heavy or this is too strong like i'm not trying to have that so yeah yeah i mean i was i think i've told this before but there was years ago before the site stopped slamming the goddamn beer well maybe get a better setup (laughs) buy me a table anyway so i was in the starting phases of trying the more crafty beers maybe 2010 11-ish maybe 09 even no, I think I'm talking 09 here, and I would be, I was like, oh, I'll get a case, and going through the beer store, and I saw Smutty Nose, which, for those who don't know, is a very hoppy IPA. I did not know this. So, I buy the case, I bring it home, I try it out, and I go, oh, nah, nah. <laughs> I hated it. It took me about six months to get rid of that case. Not even with just me drinking it, being like, having people over be like, hey, you should try this beer, it's pretty good. And, you know, they were not happy about it either. So it's definitely an acquired taste. And we've tasted some beers that taste like a literal hop shoved up a dog's asshole. And people are like, oh, screamed hop. You got me to make me again. <laughs> so I can see where the article's coming from. Expand a little bit. Yeah. I just want to see more craft lagers, white lagers. Just 
to try a new style that you don't see in the craft community enough. Yeah, somehow new loggers find that as like a rare, it's a unicorn basically. Yeah. So, interesting article. Read below if you enjoy it. Let us know what you think about it. But that's really our only beer topic for today because we got a decent amount of actual game topics. Shitload. So, we'll start going through them. The first one from our buddy Kit RPGs. Which do we prefer, turn based or real time combat? So. When I saw this, I was like, shit. Mm. So the one thing I will say, I'm going to kind of cheat because I'm not going to say RPGs because I don't know enough RPGs. I don't have enough experience with RPGs in either format. But when I think, and this is where my mind's at, if I say turn-based, I'm thinking something like XCOM. And if I think real-time strategy, I'm thinking Age of Empires, right. all that style. Um Simply based on what I've been exposed to more and what I tend to gravitate towards more, I'd have to go real-time real time combat because I love Age of Empires. I love Rome Total War. I love those style of games because I feel like I'm a little more in control. Turn-based combat, while you do have to forward-thinking, set up your strategy a little better, I feel like too much of it is left up to the randomized luck or whatever mechanics. Like XCOM is a perfect example you can have the perfect setup, flank the aliens, be completely good, and it'll be like, oh, your gun missed, or he his shield went up at the exact moment. And it takes a lot of this, in my eyes, the immediate skill out of like, you know, oh, I'm sending this guy over here and I'll be able to handle him. So I, I, I have to go with real-time strategy. Didn't you play through Skyrim like five times? How did you not even say Skyrim? Because that's not turn-based. It's real-time. Yeah, but to me, real time, I think at least what I think he means is is like Age of Empires, where you control a bunch of units. I mean, that's just a real time strategy. I just look at that as first person. But no, I mean, eh. I mean, they're just talking about like the classic RPG tropes, or it's either oh. turn based or it's so like Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy is turn based, where Secret of Mana is real time. Okay, well, in that case, definitely real. Yes, Skyrim, Fallout. Definitely still stick with that. I never was a fan of that uh, real or turn-based, which is a lot of reasons why I never played really any of the old original RPGs on NES, Super NES, or Sega Genesis. So, yeah, sticking with it. Real-time. Yeah. I'd say overall I've definitely played a lot more real-time. I've played a lot of, uh, what do you call it, turn-based that I like a lot. Just recently I was playing through some Shining Force and getting more into, I guess, the tactical RPGs, which are fun, but... They're a time sink. So, uh, I guess it really depends more on the mood. I like both. I don't have a complaint either way. Sometimes I'm in the mood for turn-based. Sometimes I'm in the mood for real-time. But I guess my overall of what I've played has been more leading towards the real-time stuff. So, yeah, I'll be real-time as well. Yeah. Yeah, turn-based has its place, and it's interesting. But, yeah, I mean, I guess, do you agree with me, though? It kind of... It will really suck if you have your guy the right way and you just go to combat. It's like, oh, he did nothing. Yeah, it's a risk. Sometimes you'll get that miss pop up in a Final Fantasy and you're just like, motherfucker! <laughs> yeah, which I know adds to the challenge and complexity of the game, but... Right. Yeah, I like real time. So, good good, good topic. Yeah, I like that. Thanks, Kit. All right, so next, uh, another article from... I guess it's VG twenty four seven. Oh yeah, and it's the RE two remake not using the original voice actors. So, 
number one, I'm just happy they're doing the RE2 remake, even though we've talked enough about stop remaking shit. Right. But that's a game, I'm, okay, I'll give you a pass on that. Especially if they do it like the original Resident Evil remake, where they make enough of it different, where it's still the same game, but, oh boy, there's a lot of added extra features. So, as far as the... <laughs> I never clung too hard on voice actors in video games. I like them, and some of them are pretty cool. But I've also seen, like, well, if anything, most people connect Leon Kennedy from RE4, not RE2. Right. Um, so, to me, it doesn't really matter. I didn't have, as, as much as Resident Evil is my favorite series, which I've said a gazillion times, I don't have a weird, like, it's got to be this guy. It's got to be PR. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't see too many people. I mean, I know it's a world of difference between one and two, but I didn't see too many people bitching about when the Resident Evil original remake came out and it didn't use any of the stop motion characters from the first game, okay. or the FMV people, I should say. So I guess I, you're probably in the same boat as me. Like you really don't care. I don't really care as much. I mean, it would be nice, and I know the article de- delves into. It's a problem with studios not wanting to pay something or yeah, they, unions they, and crap like that too. It was a, it was a it was a it was a union issue mixed with something else, which it does suck when that's what drives it. But like I said, at the end of the day, that game isn't going to be any worse because it doesn't. It's not from the original. Like I'm not going to be like, oh, this game could have been a ten, but they didn't get the original guys. Right. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't really care. I care more about like when a movie recast a character. I'm like, well, what the fuck is this? Versus anything to do with voice. Yeah, now I can see that. Yeah, but in general, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. Does voice acting in games, and I guess the best example would be RPGs like Skyrim or Fallout, where you have a lot more talking. But does that really like? If it's really bad voice acting, can you just give a game a pass and ignore it, or does it really affect your gameplay experience? Um, I guess it kind of depends on just how bad it is. Yeah. Well, because sometimes we, it's like so bad it's good, like, like the first Resident, Resident Evil, yeah. or like uh, fucking a game like Enchanted Arms. There's a character in it called Makoto who is flagrantly gay, <laughs> like completely over the top like dressed like a chick from soul caliber kind of japanese version of gay so and not like the voice acting in that game was great anyway but that's another one that was so over the top i just couldn't help but laugh yeah so i don't think i've ever really played a game where the voice acting was so bad that it took me out of the experience yeah if anything i can find a silver lining like don't get me wrong good voice acting helps sure like you have good voice acting bravo to you but sometimes bad's just as entertaining yeah, I think the only games that would affect would be ones like Uncharted or Until Dawn, where they're very cinematic games. Yeah. And if it was really bad in those, you'd be like, oh, God. Yeah, like games where I can think of like really bad acting or voice acting in general would be like old Sega CD, like FMV games. Yeah. A lot of them. And for the most part, a lot of those games weren't that great anyway, so it's not like the bad voice acting took it down. Sometimes it's one of the more enjoyable parts, so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's as big a deal, but when you get into the whole union issue part of it, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, true. So, let us know if you guys have an issue with this or it's really bugging you out or if you're like us, like, we don't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, like, now some people are so beloved, like when David Hayter got replaced in Metal Gear with Kiefer Sutherland. People freaked out, but then they're like, ah, Kiefer did a good job. So, maybe it just depends on how good these people are, too. True. Yeah. All right, so next one is a topic I threw in here and uh, kind of uh, wide open. 
but I was thinking about it, and what are your, some of your favorite cameos in games? Um, and to kind of give context to this, think like a lot of fighting games do. Like some of the Soul Cal- Calibur games had Yoda or Darth Vader or Spawn. Um, it actually seems to be actually very common in fighting games because Mortal Kombat had like Alien, uh, Leatherface, Jason, Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. So fighting games seem to be an easier one to do that. But we've also seen the random cameos like, uh, what was that? Wasn't one of the Resident Evil games like Lara Croft is the one who throws you the bazooka? Maybe. I yeah. forget. So so there's some like just minor super like, oh, that's just a throw in there. Um, and then there's others where they're actual playable characters. Um, and, you know, you don't have to sit here and say this is my absolute favorite. We're just talking about ones you generally really enjoy. Like for me, uh, I'm going to stick with the Mortal Kombat ones of the horror guys because I love the horror guys and all the soul cow like that was the only game I was willing to get multiple versions of because I wanted Yoda I wanted Darth Vader I wanted Link mm-hmm. like so I got GameCube PS2 and Xbox version of those games um a, a lot of those fighting games you know because that just adds something a little fun like it looks like Tekken 7 has and I might be speaking out of term but doesn't that he they have Akuma they have Akuma and, it, and they also have um the guy, Geese Howard, or Howard Yo, Geese, what? the guy from, uh, and and don't kill me if I'm wrong, because I'm doing this off the top of my head, but I think he's from Final Fight, he was one of the boss characters. Oh. Yeah, his name's like Geese Howard or something. Um, he's from, or was it King of the Fighters? Anyway, I just it's love... It's probably Final Fight, because they've had, like, Guy and Cody in there before. Yeah, so, so I mean, I just love... Because, you know, you can always love your original cast, but you always want to be like, oh, I want to see the, the, this guy mix it up with them. Like, throwing Scorpion in Injustice was like, okay, cool. You're just throwing them in there. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the type of cameos I, I think I enjoy the most. It is nice when you're in a bigger game and they throw something in there, but fighting games, you can really utilize the character better. Yeah. I guess someone's I like, like, Tekken 2 is obviously the first, like, like whoa. Like, so, obviously, having Link in a Soul Calibur game, mm-hmm. I should have said Soul Calibur first, that's what I meant. Yes. But, yeah, having Link in Soul Calibur 2, that was like, holy crap, this is awesome. Or, I think one of the versions, maybe it's one of the arcade versions of uh, Afterburner, when your ship's taken off, at the front of it is the car from OutRun there. Mm-hmm. So, that's, like, a cool little Easter egg like that. Or, even Shovel Knight, uh, the three or the Xbox One version, you can play as the Battletoads in mm. it. So that's like that's kind of a yeah. cool thing, and that's only for the Microsoft version because they own Rare, blah 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 blah. But yeah, I like those little cameos, random Easter. Egg. I think I like them more when I'm surprised by them as an Easter egg yes. than when they actually put them in there. But off the top of my head, I can't remember more. I know one that everyone used to really love, and it was crazy for the time. Was uh, speaking of Capcom in Mega Man X when you get the Ryu Hadouken as a power. Yeah, and it was like that was a huge deal. Like, oh my god, like. This is that. Or shit, how about um, in Dead Rising when you can get the, you get the Mega, Mega Blaster. Blaster? Yeah, Capcom is really good about that. I mean, obviously they're cool with sharing your stuff with Marvel versus Capcom, but in a lot of their games, they tend to intermingle characters. So, yeah, no, it's a, it's a practice that I like. Um, as long as it doesn't make the game too cheesy. Right. You know, like, uh, I think when we were growing up in the 90s and 2000s, all, with all the Tony Hawk games, all the Tony Hawk like snowboarding games they always had like spider-man or 
you know, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, people that were just, like, attire swap-outs. And <laughs> it's like, hey, you could just be Spider-Man on a snowboard. Cool. Holy shit, the original uh, Revenge of Shinobi that had Spider-Man, Batman, Godzilla, and yeah. fucking Terminator, all his cameos. Yeah, so I think we were, well, speaking of Terminator, uh, which WWE 2K was it that just had him? Uh, was, I think it was, was, like... That was one of the weirdest, ca- like, why? I think it was 15 or 16. Yeah, that was one I was just like, why? Like, of uh, all the people, I mean, I... It was a weird cross promotion. Yeah, so as long as it makes sense, I like him. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but, yeah, I like him as well. But yeah, I mean, like I said, this is just an interesting one. It's a topic I'm sure I thought of because I was doing a fighting game, playing a fighting game, and I was like, oh yeah, you know what? I always like when this is here. And let us know your favorite cameos too that we fit, uh, missed. <laughs> that would have worked a lot better if I wasn't <laughs> shitty at this. It's okay, Jim. No one expects it. Expects it's only it been better. four years. <laughs> All right. So moving on. Speaking of fighting games, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite not featuring X-Men characters because people don't remember them. This is brought to us by comicbook.com. Um, well, pretty, I guess you could say controversial. I know a lot of fans. People are in an uproar. Uh, so to give, to give the guy's point, what he's trying to say is, with the current Marvel Universe, even with the X-Men movies that are out, which aren't doing anywhere near as well, and all the Avengers shit, um, he claims that X-Men isn't as fresh in people's minds, they're not as popular characters, and quite frankly, some people might not remember them. Um, obviously, Jim and I huge Marvel fanboys. Uh, we love X-Men too. I think it's pretty safe to say. It's crazy you wouldn't have arguably right next to spider-man like your biggest draw for marvel in there especially with at least wolverine right um but to their point like the people they put in there like rocket raccoon and other guardians characters and, yeah uh they even they're putting in miss marvel because a movie's coming out uh, captain marvel is coming out so i think they're just linking with the current cinematic success and they're just trying to play off that like ultron is one of the big villains right which okay you're just playing off of you know this billion dollar cinematic universe and you're incorporating into the game i get it because at the end of the day we're in our 30s we still play video games but these games are made for kids and kids are watching the marvel movies and whether we like it or not that's what kids are growing up with more than x-men not to say the new X-Men movies, you love them or hate them, we know Apocalypse took a shit, but the new movie Logan was great, Deadpool was great, those are characters that are still popular, but the Avengers and the other shit just is a little higher, so I'm more upset, why do you have such a goddamn small roster? I know they're still releasing the details, but with the leaks of like Ghost Rider and all the other characters, everyone has a pretty good grasp of how many characters will be in this game, and it's not many. All right, had to take a little quick stop there for certain reasons. Things happened. Some of us have some issues. I had to poop. Anyway, (laughs) back to where we were. Um, So when it comes to Marvel, obviously the system or this whole series started with X-Men versus Street Fighter, I think. So, or that or Marvel superheroes, one of them. But... Yeah, I mean, X-Men's been a part of it almost since the beginning, if not since the very beginning. So, obviously, I want to see X-Men in there. I grew up with X-Men. I love X-Men. I think saying people don't recognize it as much is kind of a cop-out. I Like, the movies have been out consistently for 15 years. Like, people know who the X-Men are. Yeah, and 
like I said, Logan and Deadpool alone. Right. Are, like, some of the best critically acclaimed ones. Yeah, so. well, Deadpool's his own thing, but I digress. Yeah, it's still X-Men. It's not X-Men! It was originated from X-Men. It was originally a Deathstroke the Terminator ripoff, too. It's originally from X-Men. Ah. <laughs> so, yeah, I want to see X-Men in there. It sucks it's not in there, but... Maybe they change their minds. It'll probably be DLC. Maybe it's a licensing issue. I don't know. But I think it's shitty. Yeah. So comment below. Let us know what you think about that. Obviously, I'm with Jim. Even though I'm trying to do devil's advocate and say why they're doing it, I don't agree with it. Like I said, at a minimum, you need Wolverine because he's arguably as recognizable as Spider-Man at this point. So just our opinions. Yep. All right, now we get into more of the Q&As, and uh, there's some weird ones, so it's going to be a lot of gym. Like usual. It's going to be a lot of gym this time. So, from Zots, we're doing, which rap-themed NES, Super NES basketball game is the best? Jim, I'll let you take it. There's only really one true answer for this, and it is, of course, Rap Jam. Top Flight game. It's got Coolio. Doesn't have Criss Cross, though. Actually, our buddy Hibiki did a quickie on it recently, so check out his page, check out the video, because I'm not touching that game. Yeah. So, next one. It's in our gym, just... <laughs> I don't even think he'll be able to answer it. Uh, what 20 Turbo Graphics game would he put on if they did, like, a Turbo Graphics Classic or Mini, like the NES Mini? Haha. All right. Um, <laughs> I'd say you'd have to have all three of the... All three of the Bond games on there. The two Legendary Axes. Wait, um, I can give one suggestion. Splatterhouse. Splatterhouse is a definite. Um, Military Madness, I'd say, should be on there. Blazing Lasers. Um, I'd say put Magical Chase on there since it's so goddamn expensive. Dungeon Explorer. Uh, Newtopia. I don't know if you need both of them on there, but at least one of them. They're, I think the Newtopia is Zelda clones, basically. Is there a game... Is it called Bonk? I just... The Bonks were the first three I said. Oh. I'm not listening. <laughs> Apparently not. Um, Air Zonk. Air Zonk and Magical Chase get those expensive games on there. Um, none of the sports games are really any good for the Turbo, so I want to put any of them on there. Uh, Is there any good horror titles for Turbo? Besides Splatterhouse? Yeah. Um, I'm not as big a turbo expert but from what i know not really well, how many games are there roughly on there? there's only like 94 that came out in the u.s yeah. the pc engine has hundreds but the u.s only got 94 see that would be a and that's outside well you know what you could throw some turbo cd games on there yeah because why not so put the book of east one and two on there that should be a definite um ah shit there's another shoot i mean there's a ton of shooters you could put on there but um fuck not metal gate gates of thunder one of those that could go on there. Uh, I said military man is already. Bloody Wolf. Oh, Bloody Wolf! I love Bloody Wolf. We never got around to making that video, but Bloody Wolf should be on there. Devil's Crush should be on there. You can probably leave Alien Crush off. Um, uh, and if you want to put, I well, I should, I guess you should keep it with the NEC games. Maybe because it was a packing game, put Keith Courage on there because even though it's not that great of a game. Um, Shit, I think I have like five, four or five left. I lost count. At the end of the day, Jim is our resident TurboGrafx expert, but obviously it's not something he's wholeheartedly in. 
I mean, I only own 15 games for it. I yeah. wish I had more, but it's something... I'll get a game, like, I like to say once a quarter for it, if that. Yeah, and I've literally, other than Bonk and Splatterhouse, that's it. That's my experience with Turbo Graphics. So, no, I, I do think... I prefer they do these mini or classic or even more flashbacks, whatever you want to call it, with systems like that. So I could be experienced... And see, playing something like that would drive me to get it. So I, I think that would actually be a great idea because turbo collecting is not cheap. It's, it's crazy. small library. It's not easy to get into. And a lot of it, you're not going to know because they don't have the bigger name titles on it for the most part. You're not going to know what to go for. So And is it a good generalization, putting your feelings of the system since you own it aside? The price for fun of gameplay isn't exactly equal for a lot of the titles i mean that goes a lot for general collecting right now and yeah but oh yeah uh i don't think the uh, it's a little on the high side like i get your like say i just got blazing lasers and i paid what did i paid like 55 for it which is actually down from last year so it's starting to go down but like it's a great game but if say if it was on the genesis it would probably be in the 30s and even but, then, but that's you're expensive. It's a great game for the turbo, but like, does that hold up to other? Games? No, it's a great shooter. Like hmm, fifty-five, you just paid a new game price, basically. Yeah, I know. You're crazy. That, but it is what it is. Yeah, that's what he likes to collect for. So, now that's a good, good one. But like I said, I would love to see, as Jim likes to say, and I'm never gonna say it the way he says it, a ZX Spectrum flashback. ZX. Yeah, ZX. <laughs> we got a little bit of that with the Rare Replay. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, that turned me on to I'm like, oh, th- these games are interesting at least. Because um, most people, there's a limited inventory. Most people aren't going to ever be able to really collect again for some of these more obscure older systems. Actually, the, the games, collecting for the games isn't the hard part. I mean, in the United States, we didn't have the ZX. Yeah. So, so you'd have to import no matter what. But that system had fucking... It was rampant with piracy, and it had, like, 20,000 games released for it, so... Okay. Like, there's shit out there, you just have to... Imp- the, the hardest part's gonna be connecting it and getting the th- computer that works. Yeah. And it's on cassette tapes, so... Those, more than anything, die I mean, quick. I think the easiest thing to do in those situations is just fucking emulate. Oh, yeah. By far. <laughs> By far. Yeah. But, no, I, li- I like that topic, so that, that that's an interesting one, because that's gonna lead us to probably do variations on that because i have some ideas for this for future <laughs> yeah no thanks that's uh still sticking with him which super nes shooter should be on the super nes mini for me they got my favorite one contra 3 alien wars i wonder if he's thinking about like um top down shooters like guns like ship shooters or something like that whether top down side scrolling vertical yeah i mean for me i'm just sticking because they have mega man and contra so they have like the running guns on there yeah so, yeah, if he's just talking those type of shooters... Which I'm assuming. You know, for all the different style games, and I played a lot of Super NES, I wasn't big in the shooting for that system. So, I don't. I really don't have an answer. Like I said, I, I, since I wasn't big enough, I don't even want to try and throw a half-assed answer out there or try and remember what the most popular one is. Um, I'm sure there's other great shooters, but I feel like that system was known for other genres. Yeah, um, it is mainly famous for other genres and doesn't have the harder processor. And late in life now, like, I'm recently getting into shooters. I never played them until maybe three years ago. 
but I don't own any right now for this Super NES, but I'd probably say at least UN Squadron. That seems to be a real popular one. Either that or Gradius 3. So. But I think, as we said, they hit the nail on the fucking head with that. The list of games they have. Oh, yeah. So I don't think they need to add anything more. I mean... Maybe they could have taken the one... The other Kirby game that wasn't Kirby Superstar off there. They could have maybe done yeah. that and put something else on. But besides that, like, if that's them. your weakest game, this is a great collection. Yeah. All right. So this one is actually for me. Uh, which beer pairs best with Space Jam? And such an odd combination. From like, our friend Space Pants, yes. a.k.a. Beth. <laughs> so for such an odd game like that, you just got to go with an odd beer. When I say odd, I mean you want to go something more outside the lines of normal. Um, I don't remember the brewer, but there's this banana nut beer, which is really good, especially if you like banana nut bread. Shock Top? No, it's, uh, I mean, Shock Top makes a lot of weird shit. Some of their beers wouldn't be terrible. Like, your, what was that favorite one of yours? The banana, chocolate banana beer and a few of the loser brews. Oh. Um, that was a rough combo. But, yeah, no, the banana, the banana bread beer, um, I'll post a picture of the beer in the actual video. That thing is delicious, like I said, especially if you like banana nut. But going even crazier, you know what? I'm actually going to say something like a habanero sculpin because I want you to have something that's just so goddamn odd that you need, like, a flavor of spice or if you're going to go just balls crazy with flavor. uh, You could do some of the more fruity beers, like Jim said, like Shock Top, or you can do just a wild blueberry. Um I don't think you just want to drink a standard beer for something like that. So, yeah, any of those weird fruit beers or spice beers, as I call them. Jim knows all about the Habanero Sculpin. Do I ever? <laughs> well, I lose her bruise for Jim. I forget the name of the beer, but there's one that has, like, Space Invaders as the label. So, um, Space, Space, there you go. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, but it's different. So, why don't you be fucking professional? <laughs> why start now? <laughs> All right, so next one from our buddy Hibiki. And uh, what will it take for Nintendo to get a pass on these classic collections? Uh, first things first. It's impossible. They, they can't get a pass for the NES one. The Super NES, they'll get a pass if they make enough. That's it. Which they already aren't. Yeah, so if by some miracle they change their mind, release more. The price point I'm actually okay with. Yep. We've said the games for Super NES is amazing. Yep. So... It's just about quantity. Um, Yeah, you really got to triple, quadruple, whatever the number is, the amount that you sell because it was just way too ridiculous with the NES. And I don't know how many of you guys use, like, LetGo or apps like that, but it still is disgusting that I'm still seeing people post, like, NES Classic Edition, $250 or $200. And I'm like, you fucking scumbag. Like, every time I see it, I want to be like, you are such a piece of shit. And it, and it looks like this guy has, like, a pile of them. Like, at least four or five. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, that's just ridiculous. Hey, it's a smart business thing. You can't hate too much on people for making money. But, yeah, Nintendo created that monster. And there's really no way around it. Even if stores limit one per person, there's a million obvious ways around that. So, make more and that's you'll get a free pass. But That was my answer. Just make enough. Yeah. Make enough for people to get them. Why do you not want money? Yeah, why? like, I, I don't... It would only make sense for them to make such a limit if they... Ra- like, if this was a $150 thing, that makes sense. 
it's 80 bucks for a Super NES, that's doable, and a lot of people are going to be willing to pay that. Like I said, this is one I'd be willing to pay for, um, but I know I'll never find one, so I'm never going to try and go to Best Buy or Target and stand in a line at 6 in the morning for these. I just I won't do it. So, Yeah, same boat here. Sure. And I already own most of the games, so I don't need it anyway, but... It'll be, would it be cool to have? Yeah, of course. Well, am I going to go out and get one? No. Yeah. So the only other thing that will be interesting is we've seen Sega. Did they already release that? It just released this week. The, the Atari and the Sega flashbacks yeah. released this week. So, I mean, Atari's always been doing flashbacks, but now Sega's doing this, coincidentally. I wonder if other systems, like Jim and I were just saying, what if these? what if this just inspires other consoles to do these? Then... That's interesting. I, I would I would appreciate more. I would what I would love. Everyone likes the fuck Koji, uh, Konami because of the Kojima thing. Do a Konami system only with Konami classic games. Release that. How many people would buy that? But probably then they couldn't make Pachinko. I hate you, Jim. <laughs> so yeah, hate myself. It's an easy answer. It's probably the obvious one, but that's the only way. Uh, they don't need to do anything else with it. Uh, maybe the only suggestion I would say is do it in, like, volumes. Kind of like we do a certain drinking game now. Ah. Uh, just, <laughs> I mean, how many people uh, bitched about the NES library games, which, granted, some of them were odd, and we know there were licensing issues, but say that's the first release, and then the second version has these other games. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm already kind of assuming that they're going to have... Something like that. Some Another iteration down the road. So, yeah, but... If people don't like it, hopefully they don't go out and spend an ass ton, especially on resellers. Yep. All right. Next one. And this is going to be very uneventful for Jim and myself. Which is better, the PSP or the DS? Um, <laughs> full disclosure, I've never played either. Um, so I don't really have an answer. I'm just trying to think. From what I can recall, I mean, obviously the DS sold like fucking crazy, but the few people I did know at PSPs couldn't stop raving about that. Yeah. And it looked like the variety of games on the PSP, especially since, you know, PlayStation, I forget, what, what was their first ever portable thing? The PSP. That was the only one they had? Yeah. Okay. I just remember, like, the quality of the games. And they had everything. that in Vita, but the PSP was first. Okay. So I just remember that in my eyes, I think, was a better bang for your buck and had better possible games because the DS was what you would expect, the Pokemon, you know, Legend of Zelda's, Castlevania's. But I don't know. I'm sure DS sold a hell of a lot better. Um, it did. So, But once again, I have no stake in the game, so I can't really say. Jim? Yeah, I think it comes down to whatever games you like more, yeah. what style of game. So if you want, it's almost like with the home consoles. Yeah. If you want Nintendo games... You're going to get a DS. If you want ports of... Because it wasn't like the PSP was a slouch. You had God of War games on it. You had uh, Twisted Metal games. You had uh, Gran Turismo's and Call of Duty's and you all kinds of shit. You know what it was about the PSP that I think I, I liked and the prospect of liking it more? I felt like that was really the first handheld that felt like a legit like console on the go. Like, before Wii U, see that. before all this other bullshit that Nintendo's done. Like, DS games, not saying they weren't good. Don't fucking cru crucify me. But I feel like they were your typical grab-and-go games. Whereas the PSP, when I would see them, I'm like, holy shit, those are, like, legit. Like, you're playing a console game on the go. 
So it felt like uh, bigger in scope and just better developed games. That's all I can say about that. And it was actually, I'd say, definitely more towards the casual market, too, because, like, you had your Maddens and your sports games on yep. there that, yeah. like, you would get on a normal console. Like, when I was, when we were going to school at Drexel, we'd be taking the train, and I'd see the same couple people every day just playing Madden games every single day on the train rides down. So, I think the PSP got a lot of flack for, I mean, Sony... Sony doesn't get the flack that Microsoft gets in the general gaming world, but them trying to make it peripheral, everyone was like, <laughs> yeah. But besides the fact that like the PSP Go failed and the normal PSP's like stick was easy to break and shit like that. Besides all that, it was a better system than people say. And I've only had a little bit of experience with both. I've never been a huge portable player, so. Yeah. But I guess more for my liking, I'll say the DS is probably in the long run the better handhold console. But the PSP would probably be the one I'd gravitate to more. Yeah. So, we get, we've get we already got the general impression from most of our fans. It's probably going to be you guys prefer the DS, which makes sense. Especially because if you prefer, like Jim said, if you prefer Nintendo games, you're obviously going to go there. Um, but, yeah, no, that's something I think in the future it would be interesting for us to look at. If we actually decide to pick these up and try out a few games, do some comparisons like that. But, no, it was a good question. So yeah, another good one. All right, so this one, th- this today's will end a little bit short because once again we're going right into another drinking game. So make sure you stay tuned next week for that video. But um, anything you want to say about good old Bud Light Line before we go, Jim? I like it. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's smooth. It's got the you know sweeter taste to it. It's enjoyable. It's good summer beer. I will say this is significantly better than Miller Chill. That's why Miller Chill isn't around anymore, because no one liked it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. Um, right. Say- did I happen to mention that this is the famous Bud Light Lime that we know of, no flavored beer produced by any other beer? <laughs> so, anyway, guys, let us know if you have any questions for us for future podcasts below. Obviously, you can hit us up on Twitter, YouTube, email, Facebook. We always respond. So, just send Instagram, us your questions. Yeah. Our Twitch that we almost never use anymore. <laughs> We're getting back to it. Don't worry. But in general, thank you guys for watching. We always appreciate it. Until next time, guys. Cheers. Cheers, guys.